0: Hello, I'm Jason Solomons, and welcome to Seen Any Good Films Lately, the podcast bringing you the latest awards season news and all the finest film recommendations from me and from my Oscar and BAFTA-nominated guests.
1: And I saw those two films again and again. That's uh,
0: Once Upon a Time in the West and Karate Kid. Fresh from making history at the Oscar nominations, my guest this week is Jonas Pohar Rasmussen, the director of Flea which was just nominated in Documentary, Animation and International Film, the first time a film has achieved that hat-trick of distinction. So we'll hear from the elated Danish filmmaker about his unique and brilliant and emotional film, Flea, after I tell you if I've seen any good films lately. Well. Not so much films, but a load of them. They were all nominated for Oscars. What did I think of the Oscar nominations? You may have caught me on BBC News, and then I went up to Manchester to do BBC Breakfast. There's a lot to digest with Oscars. There's a lot of statistics numbers as the 94th Academy Awards come into view. 12 for Power of the Dog. It's a lot of nominations. It won at uh, our Critics Circle Awards last week when Joanna Hogg picked up the souvenir um, for Best Attenborough Attenborough Award for Best British Film and uh, that went to Joanna Hogg. But overall, Power of the Dog won all the way. I mean, lots and lots of wins. Will it convert the 12 nominations at the Oscars into wins? I don't know. And I'm not sure where it'll do it. Definitely for score for Johnny Greenwood, maybe the cinematography by Ari Wegner. Is Jane Campion the best director? Is she? Is she going to do that? She could. She could well do that. Is it best picture? For me, West Side Story is the best picture. But that, (laughs) you know, it's been best picture. It was best picture in 1962. Can it do it again fully 60 years later? My feeling is yes. My feeling is that that's the sort of picture we want this year to win at the Oscars. And I'm very happy for Jane Campion to win Best Director. Or even Best Adapted Screenplay. But I think it's a strange film, Power of the Dog. A, a, a beautiful film, without doubt. Will those performances win, Benedict? I think Will Smith will win for Best Actor. Cody Smith-McKee and Jesse Plemons in Supporting. I think they'll split the vote. So I don't see them winning. Kristen, Kirsten Dunst. In Supporting Actress, again, I don't see her converting that into a win. So out of the 12, if it gets four, I think that'll be amazing for Power of the Dog. And where else? Who's going to win? Best Picture. Is Belfast a Best Picture winner? Could be. Could be the sort of thing that people like. I think it's charms are fading in the run, which I think is a shame, because I think it's a lovely film, but it isn't brilliant died on brilliant i watched it with my kids actually which you wouldn't have thought it was a kid's film but of course it's from the kid's eye view jude hill and they loved it for that matter and they'd never seen anything like it they had a clue that northern ireland had descended into how it descended and lots of people started saying well you know it's a bit of a soft look at northern ireland well northern ireland wasn't in in a state when you're a nine-year-old boy i keep saying that it's a child's eye view so i think it worked from that point of view great to see Kieran Hines great to see Judy Dench nominated I mean she wasn't at the BAFTAs but hey and nor was Olivia Coleman nominated at the BAFTAs which I find hideously rude I think she's just too good or too naturalistic and that BAFTA voters kind of say well she just looks like my sister or she looks like my mum and that's not acting but it's, her naturalism is, is very difficult to do and she's brilliant in The Lost Daughter I really think she is the best actress <laughs> I just think she's fabulous Lady Gaga snubbed well you know she wasn't that good in House of Gucci, really. It's a bit of a sort of wigs performance, isn't it? It's not exactly the best acting you've ever seen. Mind you, nor is Kristen, Kristen Stewart for Lady Diana uh, in Diana. Uh, I mean, that's a silly film in general. And it's not a great performance at all. I mean, she sells the film. She's committed, I'll give her that, but it's not a best performance. I, I'm fan, that's a very difficult category, but I do think Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye is fantastic. It's a great performance that really anchors the film. It's the story of the film. Her performance is the story of the film. It's sort of one of those we get that quite a lot with the actress category, like Renee Zellweger in Judy. Great performance. That was the only thing that, that won the Oscar in the film. Um, when Meryl Streep won for Iron Lady. You know, that was the performance. It was around the film. And that was the only thing that won. So I think it might be in that one of those situations where Chastain wins for the other time of Tammy Faye, which is not nominated anywhere else. Good film, though it is. I enjoyed it. OK, those are my Oscar reactions. Just on the tip of that, uh, Ken Branagh uh, nominated for director. I think it's the lo- one of the longest spells between your first director nomination, which he got for Henry V back in 1988. <laughs> To this, you know, 30-odd-something years till he's nominated now for Belfast. Amazing. And you still think of Kenneth Branagh as one of our young performers anyway. He has been directing other stuff in between and one of his less lauded films, Steams interview, Death on the Nile. I've seen it. It's out this week. Um, It's not particularly fun, I have to say, and it should be. And that's the problem with it. It's almost a bit serious. But it's an Agatha Christie who done it on a steaming boat up the Nile should be fun more camp fun and it's lost its campery even though it's got french and saunders in it that that it should be funny it isn't funny it's the origin story of ercu poirot's moustache and that's got some sort of you know it's covering up his disfigurements it's sustained in the trenches in world war one i never knew that um the rest of it doesn't have the sort of floridity that you'd like in it It should be, you know, silly and funny because it's not scary and it's not tense. And the body's like, is Poirot any good? I mean, you know, it takes a while before he solves this crime. There's quite a few bodies piling up on that steam paddle, uh, steamer down the Nile. So, you know, get on with it, Poirot. Uh, look, it's not great Death on the Night. It just about passes the time, I would say. But, you know, I, all I kept thinking of was Peter Ustinov mopping his brow with a hanky and Jane Birkin and all of that stuff. I mean, really, you know, Annette Benning's not very good in it even. And she's always good. She's just underserved in this. No one comes out of it in particular. Uh, flags fly. Sofia Canedo, I thought I liked her in it. I think Letitia Wright is good in it as well. So those two I thought were the best. Uh, Emma Mackey is quite good. Other than that, it's hokum of the lowest order, Death on the Nile. Danish director Jonas Rasmussen made history on Tuesday when the Oscar nominations were announced. He was recognised in three categories, Best Doc, Best Animation and Best International Film. That is such a special film. It's the story of Amin, not his real name, who on the eve of his wedding, to his husband, decides to reveal the truth about his life to a friend telling the story of his and his family's flight from Kabul in Afghanistan to Moscow and across Europe and the Baltic to find refuge in Denmark and Sweden. A harrowing journey for refugees uh, on the risk of being discovered many times, difficult journeys, uh, indignities suffered along the way. It's a story about escape politics, memory, adventure, trauma, sexuality. And it's told in an animated style with documentary techniques. So, if you like to open now. Yeah. And try to pull it deep
1: home for you? Home? Something
0: that's broken. Kabul, the attaques of the Mujahideen No. So let's find out more about it. I caught up with Jonas Pohar Rasmussen just before the full excitement, it must be said, of his three Oscar nominations and his two BAFTAs, where it didn't get foreign language uh, nomination. I was a bit unlucky there. Uh, and I found him in his Copenhagen basement, sitting proudly in front of the poster for Flea which I remarked to him was very creative and very impactful as a poster. And it showed just how many people are involved in this man's story, a story that's about people, it's about connectivity, about the people we need along the way, and essentially about humanity.
1: And I really like the, the diversity we have in the film, you know. You have people from the Norwegian cruise ship and you have the lady working at the McDonald's and you have, you know, Afghans, of course, and people from the gay bar. And so it's a, it's a good bunch of, of different types
0: of people i guess that's why the film is connecting with so many people because the, the story of one man and his life interconnects with so many people on his journey the way that what so we in a way we're all responsible for his story
1: yeah definitely and i, I and i think that there's universality to the story as well you know it, it's really um Yes, it's about a refugee and it's about the physical fight going from Afghanistan to Denmark, but it's, it's really about a guy looking for a place in the world where he can be who he is fully. Like that place, I think everyone is looking for at some point in their life, but I feel like, okay, but this is this is where I feel like me and I feel I can be who I am with everything that entails.
0: When did you realize, when you were talking to your friend, because I know it's his name is still protected, is it? I don't know. Is, is it still a secret who you're, who the real the real friend is? yeah yeah it's a secret yeah and is that uh, is that always going to be the case or one day if you win like the oscar are you going to bring him up and say it's actually him
1: i i asked him uh, but but he's he's uh you know with all the, su- the success of the film he's even more happy that he's that he's anonymous now you know he's really what you see in the film what you hear in the film it's the very first time he talks about these stories and it's not easy for him to talk about so he won't be able to you know, being in the public eye in that way, he, he's not able to small talk about these things. Mm. So for him, he's really happy that the story's been told and that he doesn't need to be a part of all the, you know, commotion around it.
0: Do you think that people need to see a, a real person for this story, or do you think people are happy it being, let's say, conceptual or even even, you know, you know, it's it's animated, so it's even, you know, va- it's kind of vague. If people sort of say, "Is this a true story?" You're happy that there's enough verification that this is a real story of a real person.
1: I think some people will, of course, be curious, And I totally understand that. Um, But I think, you know, because it's animated, it it also brings some universality into the story, you know, the the fact that you don't have a real human being, but it could be anyone, you know, Um, I think it really gives something to the story that that you have this universality to it. And I, of course, hope that people will respect his need to kind of keep this a personal story because it is a very personal story. And he just really wants to, you know, keep control over when he wants to talk about these things and not be known for his traumas, but because he's so much more than just this story.
0: How difficult was it for you to get this story out of your friend? I know you'd known him a long time anyway, hadn't you? But how much yeah. How much did you know before and how much did you find out while you were doing your uh, your, your rather unique interview process? I, I feel terrible. I'm doing this interview like this. I, I should have you on a couch. And I, I feel like I yeah, get much <laughs> yeah. more.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. No, but uh, yeah, it's true. I've, I've known him since since I was 15 and he was 16. So we've known each other for more than 25 years now. And I knew very little when we started the process of making the film. Uh, I knew that he lived in in, in Russia for a while. I of course, knew he came from Afghanistan um, and that he lived in Russia for a while because he spoke Russian when he when he arrived. And I also had a sense that he had some family in Sweden. I thought it was just like some cousins. Um, but other than that, I, I really didn't know a lot. Uh, so it, it was really a process of, uh, for me to kind of experience this whole thing. And it really didn't feel like I needed to, to know, you know, to drag it out of him. It was it was really a symbiotic process of me being curious about the story that had been this kind of black box in our friendship for 20 years. And him all of a sudden wanting to really share his story. Uh, because, you know, for so many years, his past and present didn't really connect. And he really felt the need to uh connect those two so he felt he could bring his story with him uh because you know you become detached from your own past um so it, it felt very symbiotic and it felt like a process okay but he really wanted to share his story uh, because he wanted to be able to talk about it and me having been curious for more than 20 years so it, it was it was very uh a symbiotic and long and slow process we i did between 15 and 20 interviews during the span of, four, of, of three or four years And slowly we kind of went deeper and deeper into into his memories.
0: Is there a particular reason that now is the time to share this story? Is there something political in Europe that means that this is a story we need to tell now?
1: It it really became sadly relevant, of course, for everything that happened in in Afghanistan. But, you know, really the the process of making films started a long time ago. It started in, in 2013 and it really came from this fundamental curiosity i had about his story uh, so it really comes from the friendship but of course the, the perspective changed when the refugee crisis hit in 2015 and i felt more of a need to you know give refugees a human face because all of a sudden we had refugees here in denmark in the highways from syria and you know it was depicted very kind of black and white uh, and i thought okay but because the story is told from the inside of a friendship maybe i can give some nuance and some perspective also because his story happened more than 20 years ago so just to kind of show okay but Yes, these people who arrive now, they're refugees now, but they don't need to be uh, in a couple of years. You know, no. they can really they, they can settle in and, and start building a life.
0: For but themselves. also their stories didn't start in 2015 either. Their stories maybe started much longer ago. And the story of immigration, the story of fleeing, the story of perpetual fleeing has been a, a history of Europe. You know, I don't know for in Denmark, but certainly here in the UK, we've been ac- accepting immigrants and, and refugees for a very long time. It seems right now that we're not very good at it anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, but totally. And the, and the same thing goes for Denmark. You know, when Amin arrived back in the 90s, you know, he was told that he uh, could stay here and that he was safe here, uh, which really enabled him to start building a life of his own. Um, and now it's it's different. You know, the tone is a lot more harsh and refugees who arrive now, you know, in Denmark, it's really bad. You know, they're told that yes, you can stay, but as soon as we can, we're going to send you back. And already now, they they, they, they try to send people back to Syria, which is kind of still walking on. So it's it's. I think the sense of temporarity that people, that refugees experience now, you know, it really it doesn't give you a lot of things to build on. You can't really like, why would you start, you know, learning the, the language and start an education and start working if you if you are going to leave any anytime soon.
0: How does he feel about his journey? Does he is he thankful that he made that journey? They escape. Is he is he happy where he's arrived at? Is he content that he's giving back to this society that accepted him?
1: No, but totally. Uh, and he's really happy that he got, he got the second chance. And you know, when he arrived here, he, he he felt, I've been given a chance, and I need to make the most of it. And he he really has done. I know no one who worked as hard as he did to kind of achieve his goals. Also, because because you know being on being he was fleeing from he was 11 years old so there was like five years of school he didn't attend so he had to catch up a lot when he arrived in Denmark so just you know the work effort to kind of make it uh but he was just feeling okay but I've been given this chance I need to make the, the most of it and also because he felt that he needed to pay back his family you know who would helped him uh get out when did you yeah. know
0: that you were making a movie rather than and another radio documentary
1: but i was invited for this workshop actually uh, ages ago uh called anidocs which is an, uh, an animation school in denmark in, in a city called vivo and they had they invited animators and documentary filmmakers to develop ideas for animated documentaries and they asked me if i had an idea and you know i, I had asked i mean prior if, we should, if i could do a radio documentary about his story and back then he said he didn't feel ready but then I approached him with this idea to make it as an animation, and he was really intrigued by the fact that he could be anonymous behind the animation, that we could kind of also revitalise the past with the animation, and also you know he felt he felt ready. I think he had, pre- he had prepared himself for years to kind of okay, but I need to share the story at some point. So when the right solution comes, I'm I'm going to jump on. Um, so it was thought as a radio doc a long time ago, but 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 uh, as soon as we thought it as a film, that animation was part of it.
0: Yeah, but then you've got to find so many partners. You've got to find—I don't know what you're like as a drawer. I—I I can't draw anything. I can't draw a stick. But no. If my poster was me, that would just be stick people, you know, with little, you know. So I don't, I don't. You have to find a great animator. You have to find a lot of partners to put this together.
1: And I'm—I'm I'm totally the same. You know, if I. What... Have to draw this. It would be a very different. It would be a very surreal film. Okay. Uh, um, so so yes, it w- it was very difficult and and it, it was a very steep learning curve for me because I'd never done animation before. So just to kind of learn the process and understanding the craft of animation took a while. um And also just to kind of develop a visual style for the film that kind of would support the testimony that was given to me by I Amin mean, also took a long time. um And you know the financing because animation is so expensive. So to kind of find the funds to uh, to, to do an animated documentary was was really difficult. But in the end, I think it was actually beneficial for the project, even though it, it was frustrating being in the middle of it and things took, took a long time. But I think for Armin to, to really uh, feel comfortable and ready and slowly sharing more and more of his story, and also for me to kind of really understand uh, the process of animation, uh, the time was was, was needed
0: but and now i know i say it's very difficult for an animation like this you have to find lots of partners but now people don't even know what what category your film is people say oh it's going to be nominated in animation oh it's going to be nominated in documentary oh it could be nominated in foreign language oh it could be nominated in best film i mean you're, you're confusing everybody with this you're yeah
1: interested. i'm so i'm so sorry man <laughs> <laughs> well not really not really i i i, th- I think i think it's it's um, I i like that you know um uh, i think to me animation is is a form so so um of course in this call it's a documentary because it's a real story and and underneath the animation you have a, a real testimony and a, and a real voice but we just chose the animation form to tell the story and and i like i like that and you know it's, it's not the first time uh, it's been done you know anime documentaries have been around for, for a while so so um
0: when you were going around trying to get financing you had to tell people oh animate because people said animated done what are you talking about animation is yeah. for hans christian anderson animated is for, for pixar what are you saying this animated documentaries tell tell me some animated documentaries that as if i was the, a producer with lots <laughs> of money to give you and i was like really
1: well you know the the, the crown jewel is really uh a fallman's wolf of this that came out in 2009 uh so that's that's kind of like the crown jewel and, and that's when i saw that that was kind of where i understood okay but this can be done um yes. And that's, that's now, you know, that's, that's 13 years ago uh, that, that came out.
0: I saw it at the um, first screening in Cannes. I was there on the, the premiere of it, and I, every, I was like, well, what? I- didn't even know what this was I couldn't believe this <laughs> yeah. thing, but actually, by the end of it, you were like, "Of course, this makes total yeah. sense." So I'm playing yeah. devil's, devil's advocate slightly. Of course, it's waltz with Bashir, but I mean, there's not many since, you know, it's not like the no, world then yeah. suddenly went, "Wow, let's do millions of waltz with Bashirs."
1: Yeah, no, but you, you know, it's it's really because it's so expensive to make animation, and there's not a lot of money. It's getting better, but there's not a lot of money still in the documentary world. So so whenever you bring in, you know, an animation budget in a documentary setting, people are like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." We, that's that's never going to happen, and that also happened to us. You know, we kind of went around and tried to find financing for the film, and people thought, okay, but this is a great idea. And then they looked at the budget and said, this can't be done. You know, so it really took a long time to convince people that okay, but we can actually do this if we just, you know, have a patchwork of funds from all over Europe and a bit of viewers' money as well in there to kind of you know, make it happen.
0: So the the voice we hear is that is it is it the real voice of your friend, the voice that is. Playing, I mean, or is that an actor doing the words that you got from the interview?
1: Voice in the film, like Amin's voice and my voice are the real voices from the interviews that I did with him. So, so what that, you hear is that the that first is time. Ra- so about.
0: that is the radio documentary essence of it. Yes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, the, the technique of interviewing that I use in the film with him laying down and, and having his eyes closed and talking present tense is the technique of interviewing I learned when I did radio. Uh, because when you do radio, you, you don't have an image. So you, you really need your subject to be very, to, to be very descriptive. So with him laying down, I would ask him every time he would start talking about a memory to first, you know, describe the location in detail. So in the beginning of the film, we're in his childhood home in the garden. Um, and I would then ask him, OK, but what does the garden look like? What kind of plants are there? What does the house look like? And he would really give a lot of detail to that. And we could use that, you know, of course, for the animation to kind of show how things look and like. That's the original
0: but- record. So the, the recordings we hear, the sound we hear is you recording that yeah like like you would for radio so you the audio is good so you're not just using you've got a decent a microphone and and all of this yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I had re- really good equipment to kind of record the. yeah the, so you the knew that, that
0: was you were going to get that you didn't go along with it yeah. with your iphone and sort of say well hey i'll just put that on the table and no no no, <laughs> no. no
1: it was really important to me to, to capture the first time he talks about these things because i think just you know from yourself when when you tell a story like the first time you tell it there's something there. It's, it's, it just becomes vibrant in another way the first time you tell it. So I really wanted to catch it the first time you told the story and to really get, you know, him kind of reliving these moments. Um, because if I would do like the second or third time he did it, you know, something something goes lost. There's some energy that kind of gets yeah. lost. So just to get that in there, uh, it was super important to me to get the first recordings in good quality so we, we could use it in the film.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I, one of the questions I haven't asked, and I think this is amazing, is that it's also a uh, a gay story? Yeah, uh, and I think maybe ten years ago, maybe fifteen years ago, that would have been the whole thing. It's a it's a it's a, it's an LGBTQ plus movie, which of course it is. But it, it doesn't. It hasn't even occurred to me to ask you about that. It's clearly not controversial that it's about that. But how much? Does that play into the the politics of the film and the, the 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 story of the film, the 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 romantic love story notion of the film? How important is the sexuality of it?
1: Yes, it's fun because I think in the beginning I thought it wouldn't play a big part at all uh, in the film uh, because you know he came out to me when I was sixteen and he was seventeen. Like I and like to me, it's a natural part of him that he's gay and he has his boyfriend. So I didn't think I thought okay, this is just this this is just like a natural part of 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 him. But then in the process of making the film, I understood that, you know, um, that him coming out as being gay towards his family was kind of the same story as him coming out to me with his past. So it was kind of this double coming out story and they felt kind of similar. You know, all of his life, he, he's had to hide parts of himself. When he was a kid in Afghanistan, he had to hide the fact that he was gay. And then when he arrived here, he also he had to hide uh, the story about his past. So this thing about always having to hide parts of yourself was really key, and I understood that, that those two stories, that the gay story and the refugee story, were kind of aligned in that way, and, and that we needed to have that in there in the same way. Uh, so yeah, it it, it it kind of grew in the process of, of making the film that this should be a big part
0: of, of, of the story. Because it is, because the reason he wants to tell this story is to to be honest to his what to his fiance or to his. Um is that what we call it fiance i suppose we yeah, do yeah yeah uh, to, 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 you know on the eve of the marriage you you want to start with a with a clean slate so it's a rather romantic gesture in the disclosure is is in this case rather romantic in in a very realistic and 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 sometimes brutal uh, background
1: yeah but totally and i think i think and 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 to be honest to his fiance but but to everyone basically like that he also can can be who he is with you know his past and his sexuality and everything that's him uh was really what he wanted to do you know and and that was why he wanted to start sharing his story uh, in, in the beginning was to to get it out there to make sure that okay but now i actually feel like i can be fully who i am and that, that was a, a big deal for him
0: I'm assuming that in, as I say, in the UK, it's not a big deal that it's a gay story. I, I assume in Denmark too that it's like, hey, great, you know, we're all we're all we're all cool with that. That marriage is marriage between two men is fine and, and all of that. But as I say, it's it's really not that long. Ago that this was not okay for anyone, it would yes. have shocked audiences. You might have had trouble getting it financed. We're like, well, no, we don't need that. we we just pretend that he's, you know, straight or something. Did you find any resistance to that? No, not, not at all. Mm-hmm. I think, on the contrary, well, that's I, I think that's, we're amazing. We can applaud that, can't we? That's amazing.
1: Definitely, definitely, and and just kind of hope that we can keep the push so other countries, because there's still, you know, places also in Denmark where it's not accepted to be gay, um, and definitely around the world you know as much as i think that that we in the west need to get a nuanced uh, image of the refugee story i think there's a lot of places where people need to get a nuanced story of the gay perspectives so so, um, so 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 i really hope that 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 the film will travel to places you know like like where he's from if if, if by some means the film can go to afghanistan and, and people in afghanistan will say but Hey, but it's it's like you can have a member in your, of your family who's gay, and it's totally fine. And we need to find a word in Afghan for being gay that's not uh, negative. You know, that's not. A...
0: Oh, is there only a a, a a slur, only an offensive word? Yeah,
1: yeah. There's only offensive words for being gay in Afghanistan.
0: I'm interested in the title. It says it behind you. I can see it It says "flee," which yeah. is could be a negative word. You know, like as much as a like, "Flee" seems to me like a, oh, I'm running away. I don't know if it, in Denmark has it got. It seems to be that the film is about the opposite of flee. It's about acceptance, arrival, uh, and and coming to terms with things. I wonder why you why you called it flee.
1: But it was really you know a little bit what what I talked about before about this 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 guy who's had to flee himself because yes it it is about the physical fight from Afghanistan to Denmark but it's really about someone who's had to uh, flee parts of himself all of his life, uh, flee uh, being gay, like the hiding being gay, hiding his past. All of a sudden, all the time, like having to run away from things uh from himself basically um so I think for me the flight is this guy trying to stop fleeing and and but but flee has been a a, a, a circumstance of his for all of his life um so so I think I think it it, it means different things uh but in, in the end it's really a start about someone trying to find a place where he doesn't have to flee anymore and where he
0: can't yeah. what's it called in Danish Flucht Flucht. So that's is that flight. That's flight Please. itself. Yeah. Flight. And in yeah. France, I think
1: it's Fouille, but I'm not sure yet. The verb, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: What What are your? You know, what you? You've got it's one of my favorite posters. Totally, um, of, of this whole of this whole year. What a great film poster. You've got another yeah. one there behind you. What's What's that film poster? Oh, that's
1: that's that's for a film it many years ago. It's, it's Searching for Bill. It's it's um yeah. It's filmed in in the US. Uh, Oh, my God, that's like 10 years ago. Searching so for ago. Bill.
0: It looks familiar to me. I think I've seen that one. Oh, yeah? Is that right? Yeah. What, who's Bill?
1: That was kind of like this hybrid film, and Bill was this kind of ghost. Okay. Uh, or, or did it, he was this con man who kind of tricked people out of their money and their Yeah, he just kind of tricked people.
0: Was it always movies for you, Yonas? I know you've been in radio for, for a very long time, but did you always think, oh, movies, brilliant. I love movies.
1: <laughs> well, I, I always thought I loved movies, but I, I wasn't sure I was going to work with movies I, and definitely not directing movies. Uh, I think for a long, long time, I thought I would work in radio and with sound. That's kind of where it started. You know, I, when I was a kid, I had this, I started this radio station at my primary school to kind of, and I kind of met in every morning and kind of played music and did interviews with the local baker and the janitor at the school and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, so I, for a long time, I thought I would just do radio all work in sound. But then I did my first film, which was about my grandfather, who who's a quite well-known poet here in Denmark. Uh, and when he died, you know, we went all the family gathered at his at his home in his house and we were looking for the will and we couldn't find it. Um, but instead, I, I found these um, films he'd done himself um, back in the 50s and 60s. And I sat down in front of his TV and watched them. And I was just kind of drawn in by OK, but here's here's a guy I've known all my life. But I didn't know him. There's all these stories I didn't know about. And I thought, okay, but I want to explore this. And then I decided to make a film about him. Uh, And that was my first film. And that film became quite successful here. And and that was kind of my first baby steps into the business. And that's kind of where I realized, okay, but I I actually really enjoy making films. So I'm going to try to continue doing that.
0: What's the best film about radio?
1: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Do you have one in mind?
0: Uh, well, there's Talk Radio. There's Good Morning yes. Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam, yeah. There's, there's Radio Days by Woody Allen, which I think is probably the best film about radio and how it connects yeah. and all the stories and what, what it used to mean to people. Uh, yeah. That's probably my favorite.
1: Yeah, you, you probably know it better than I do. <laughs> I I I don't I haven't seen a lot of radio
0: films. There's not enough radio films. I, I'm thinking you should make one. You know, you'd, you're very, very qualified now to make one. <laughs> true. true. What What's yeah. the first film you ever saw in the cinema?
1: It's a Danish kids' film uh, called uh, Hodja for Pjord. Uh, Hodja for, for Pjord. Hodja yeah. for Pjord, yeah. And it was a very traumatic experience. Why? Um, I I don't know, I was terrified. I think it was, because it was the first time in cinema, so it was really big and then it's about this guy who has this um, uh flying blanket it, it takes place in Persia uh, is and it, he has is it live fly-
0: action or it's an animation it's, it,
1: it's live action mm-hmm. and this this boy who has this flying blanket and he can fly around in Persia and there's this evil Sultan who really wants this flying blanket and he just he eats hearts from white doves <laughs> That's all he eats. <laughs> and and then he has these guys who tries to cut, to capture it It's very... I can remember that well. I just remember I was lying underneath the seat. Throughout the whole, Is it a very A fa-
0: Lots of Kids or Your Generation, that was a, a that's a very famous Danish film for them.
1: It's a very da- famous Dan- Danish book. And then it's, it's a quite famous Danish film as well. And then the, the soundtrack was done by a very famous Danish musician as well. So at the end, there's this song that everyone knows. What's it called? Um, what, what's the musician? He's called Sebastian spectrum yeah it, it, like it's it's very local it's very Danish yeah um, is it very yeah. 70s 70s, 80s
0: yeah uh, 80s yeah <laughs>
1: My 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 stepfather worked in in Africa, a lot. so I was uh, my mom and me was visiting him for a couple of months when I was like seven, and we brought one VHS tape with two films on it, and I saw those two films again and again. Uh, so those two are also very kind of vivid memories.
0: What are they? And that's
1: that's uh Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and Karate Kid, the first one.
0: Oh, great! Two great, you know, different moods that you can put on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very formative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, do you and I think
1: still... I think those two I still have, you know, on my spine. Yeah. I, I've seen them so many times, so I, I yeah, I know them by heart.
0: Have you moved to Cobra Kai? Uh, I have.
1: I, I did see uh, the first couple of episodes, but then I kind of, I didn't continue.
0: Well, I don't know if you have children, but I have children. So I you know I've told them about Karate Kid and then they, they, now they're obsessed with Cobra Kai. On, on the Netflix and and I have to say that I'm you know I loved Karate Kid too I, it was my first yeah. d- first date I ever went on in the, to the cinema was with Karate Kid but it was with a much older woman and she was I was 14 she was 17 18 and I so I couldn't really concentrate on the movie because I was obsessed with this woman that had taken me to the cinema I couldn't quite believe it <laughs> um, and I so I associate Elizabeth Shue with her and Crushes and it's a, it's a lot for me Karate Kid <laughs> it's always yeah. been a lot so Cobra Kai seeing it with my children and they they, they love it I have to say they so it's a very yeah. interesting
1: movie. I have I have two small daughters, but I think I'll have to wait a little bit before I show them. Uh, yeah, it's Copenhagen. a little yeah.
0: they need to be 12, 11, 13 kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a little bit yeah. silent. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> once, once Upon a Time in the West, I haven't yet showed them, but you know. No, but that's an
1: amazing film. That's, that's a classic. I, I saw it recently in the 70 millimeter uh, version here in, in Copenhagen. It's it's a, still an, an amazing film.
0: So now you're taking Flea around the world. Uh, what's your favorite cinema, Jonas? Have you have you been to a favorite screening with this film, with, with, with the best cinema? And it? it's a difficult time because you're doing it in the time of <laughs> COVID obviously, but have you managed to be out in cinemas and see it with the public? Yes, I have
1: a couple of times and and very different experiences, but there's been some wonderful there. Um, the first screening we had with like a full audience was in France in Annecy, at this uh, animation film festival. In That's Annecy, big, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Annecy, yeah. And that's a big screen there. And just, I think, because, you know, it was a a room full of people who really understand the craft and um, appreciate the craft. And just the experience of of being there with the team, finally being able to show it with an audience was really uh, an uh, emotional experience. Then showing it at at the cast, Castro in San Francisco was really quite something because I you know that's a cinema I've seen on film so many times but I'd never been there myself so to be there and, and screen my own film there was,
0: was at the quite Castro me. yeah it's got it's it's about it's got a balcony as well it's kind of old-fashioned yeah. cinema with a great balcony yeah and that, yeah. so that and th- are there because it, it's a gay film it, when it when she screens in the Castro presumably it, it cements it as a, as a, as a gay film.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was part of uh, SF Duck Stories. So it was at a festival, uh, but but definitely, you know, it's, 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 it's there's a big queer community in San Francisco. So yeah, it, were, it, it definitely felt like it was at home there.
0: Yeah, great, great choice. Great cinemas, both of those, yeah. and Sea as well. Uh, yeah, right by the lake, amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I wish you the best of luck with the journey of Flea. Amazing that a film about a journey Itself goes on a many many journeys to to maybe Baftas, Oscars, and all of that. I wish you the best of luck with it. Uh, it's uh, it's so a beautiful film and a beautiful yeah. centre- and a very beautiful poster. So I'm glad that you're. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, you...
1: <clears throat> I think you can buy it. We, we we are selling it from the Danish Refugee Council. They have this site, so so you can buy it there and support Afghans.
0: Support Afghans oh, with this poster. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we donated <laughs> the
1: poster to the to, to the Danish Refugee Council, so so you can
0: buy it for I guess like. 10, 15 well, bucks good, good on you for having it up. Right. A lot of directors don't want their own stuff in their, in, their, in their room, but I think you should be proud of that one. And Flea is out in UK cinemas and on Curzon at Home from Friday, 11th of February. And in some places, it's also available in an English-dubbed version, voiced by its executive producers, Riz Ahmed and Nicholas costa waldau very worth tracking down as well. Um, I think that might make it more accessible in some ways. I, I thought both versions were very good, but you will probably would should see it in the Danish with the subtitles. It's, you know, it's not that difficult <laughs> to, or off-putting these days. Right, what else have I seen? Oh yeah, it's Valentine's Day, isn't it? Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, so there's a rom-com out there. Of course there is, if you must. It's called Marry Me. And it stars Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. And it's utterly ridiculous, although she and he are not without their charms. He plays a schlumpy, single-dad high school maths teacher in uh, Flatbush, New York, who is picked out at a concert at Madison Square Garden by the huge global pop star Cat Valdez, JLo. Uh, And her song is called Marry Me But she's not going to use it uh, in the right way Because her boyfriend has cheated on her And um, in front of billions of live streamed fans And the crowd at Madison Square Garden She proposes to Owen Wilson Random schlump from the crowd It happens Dad, you haven't had any fun since Mom left Just say yes What am I doing here? Okay, let's go We only have five minutes What's everybody looking at? Nothing Give me your phone Alvarez's husband-to-be, Bastian, caught cheating with her assistant. We love you, Hold this. I'm told that um, 20 million people are supposed to watch as we take our vows. They say if you want something different,
1: you have to do something different.
0: Why not? Yes, I'll marry you. You go! 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 Do you, some guy, take cat to be a lawfully wedded wife Okay. Look, it's a silly and high concept movie. They end up going to the high school prom, you know. But it's it's not very cute. It could have been, I suppose, despite JLo's clear gusto and charisma and commitment to the role. She's very good in it actually. Um I have also been watching The Tinder Swindler on Netflix. It's actually quite a fascinating story about this guy who serially dates women and fleeces them of their cash and it's a doc reconstructing what happened to one of his victims and one of the scams that he does and it gets investigated and they make great use of a sort of modern day paper trail you know the whatsapp and the voicemails and the whole sort of imprint we leave which can be used for deception but it can be used to, we, we trap ourselves we don't know where where our, where our digital footprints are sometimes uh the woman calls it a fairy tale on my phone which i thought was very moving very well well sort of thought of a great line um very moving a fairy tale on my phone because it doesn't really exist your phone i know we're looking at it all the time there's mine in front of me now there's lots of stuff on there it's, it's all don't know, it's all through that portal a fairy tale on my phone one that goes wrong very on the button uh tinder swindler very netflix uh very proficiently done of course tinder is on your phone as well so its whole thing doesn't really exist okay that's it for this week. I haven't seen any good films lately. Um, thanks to Kate Dawkins for putting it all together. Thanks to my guest, the history-making Jonas pohar We wish you luck at the BAFTAs. We wish you luck at the Oscars. Um, and we'll, we'll get to see you in person very soon, I'm sure, when you come for the BAFTAs. I'm going to leave you with my movie tune of the week, which comes from Death on the Nile, but about the best thing in Death on the Nile, uh, which features the music of Sister Rosetta Tharp who is often cited as the sort of founder of rock and roll huge influence um and she plays the electric guitar she was a blues singer um she came to manchester in 1964 sort of a famous visit where you know the rolling stones went to genuflect before her it doesn't have much to do with death on the nile but it was lovely to hear her on the soundtrack so let's shout sister shout on the way out see you soon now there's a way to be brilliant, a way to be a fool, That's a way to get to heaven, observe the golden rule, a way to get a sweetheart, a way to get a wife, and the day you quit me, brother,
1: that's the way you lose your life. Yeah, sir. Sister, sir. Yeah.
0: A, patient appeal, a reason for a dance, a reason to sing, but there ain't
1: no reason why a-